0: From the campus of the University of Pennsylvania Wharton School, this is Career Talk on Business Radio. Here is your host, Dr. Don Graham.
1: Welcome to Career Talk, your career insider here on Business Radio, powered by the Wharton School. We are on SiriusXM channel one eleven. I'm your host, Dr. Don Graham. I'm the career director for the Wharton MBA for Executives program here in Philadelphia. I'm also a licensed psychologist and former corporate recruiter, and I'm here with Michelle and Dion, celebrating our fiftieth show today. Woohoo! Oh, love the sound effects. And I will tell you, Michelle and Dion, this is this is would. You guys have been awesome in creating such a a number of great improvements, and I'm just so happy to work with you guys, so thank you for 50 great shows and all the feedback. It's been awesome. And our listeners, this show would not exist without you. We so appreciate your calls, your tips, your advice, your questions, because it doesn't only make the show great, but it helps so many other people. So on that note, if it's Thursday, we are live taking our calls now at one eight four four wharton That's 844-942-7866. So in celebration of our 50th show, we'd love to have your questions. If you have great tips, if you have something you heard on the show that you've implemented and it's worked out great or not, <laughs> we'd love to hear that too. 1-844-WHARTON. That's 844-942-7866. Seven eight six six, and all show long we will be doing the best of career talk tips so to help us with that we welcome back a favorite guest tom Gimbel is the founder of ceo and, and ceo of lasalle network a staffing recruiting and human resources consulting firm based in chicago tom's expertise lies in securing a job career development and how businesses can hire successfully he's been featured on several media channels including the today show fox business and cnbc as well as the wall Street Journal, Cranes, and the Chicago Tribune. Welcome back, Tom. I'm so excited to have you on for the 50th show.
0: Good to be with you, Don. I'm, uh, I'm flattered that I was invited back.
1: Well, of course you've been invited back because I have to tell you that one of the, the tips I'm going to talk about today was a tip that you gave me when you were on the show last time, and I actually disagreed with you, but I have since implemented it and it's changed my life. So I, I have to oh, thank yes? you for that. Well,
0: uh, I have to thank you. I have to thank you for the bib.
1: Uh, oh yes, I did. I did. I sent you a Wharton bib, which does exist, um, and oh, some some Tide uh, spot out because you. Yes, you had, a tide stick,
0: correct. <laughs> you told you're a messy eater. <laughs> yes.
1: But here's the tip that you had given to me. Well, actually, you didn't give it to me. You gave it to a listener. If you remember, the listener was calling in. She was on the way to a career fair. And she, and one of the tips you gave her was to lose the big Mary Poppins bag that, that, you know, that we women tend to carry and dig through. And I'm like, no way. No way. But I will tell you, since then, you've, you've changed me. I'm a believer. So,
0: <laughs> Well, maybe I should go into fashion design and wardrobe.
1: Yeah. I mean, I honestly, I think that I, I never really realized that even though I feel like my bag is very organized, it's like every time I reach into it, I can never find what I'm looking for. So you're standing there very awkwardly. Wait. Yeah. I can just give me. Wait. I'm almost. yeah. So you've you've convinced me, you know, minimum right. minimalist is the way to go when you're trying to look professional. <laughs> so but I, I have to say to Tom that I curse you every time I'm, I'm looking for my lip gloss and I don't have it because I'm like, Damn, Tom. (laughs) I blame you.
0: Don't tell your husband you curse me when you're looking for your lip (laughs) gloss. That's not good.
1: So... Hey, it's our fiftieth show, and Tom, I thought we could do the best of and the best career advice in all areas: so interviewing, networking, job searching, negotiating. Because what better time than we're, we're celebrating a milestone to give people our listeners the gift of all quick, practical tips that that they can write down or implement right now. And that's what I want to do because our listeners are awesome; they make the show, and I want to be able to them finish this show and say, wow, I've got five things I want to implement right now and 10 more I want to do tomorrow. So that's that's kind of what what I'm looking to do here. So we're going to remember last time you are on, we were talking about hacks, like quick career hacks and and hacks. For those of you who have not heard that term, uh, it's coming up a lot on social media, Facebook. It's those those things that are like quick tips like like using doritos for kindling or you know how to open a bottle of wine without a wine opener good tip to have Or i just saw a really cool one the other day and you have to try this using a dryer sheet to make a burnt and blackened pan shiny is new it was super hmm. cool so there's a lot of them out there but we're going to talk more about career hacks today um versus general building fires and opening wine bottles so so let's before we do that tell us what's new and exciting at LaSalle Network Tom
0: I appreciate it we just had and congratulations to you guys on the 50th show I mean just to grow and be able to do more of what you love to do and 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 that people value what you're doing is is reward so uh congratulations to you and the team on that thank you um our group, you know, we just had our 18th year in business, and we've expanded to 18 different cities that we're doing searches in across the country. We've opened up a culture consulting practice since we've won uh, 50, uh, culture, over 50 culture-based awards over the past half-dozen years. That, nice. Uh, we're working with a lot of companies on how to not only hire the right people, but to realize that you can hire the best person in the world, but if you put them in a toxic environment they're not going to be able to flourish and succeed. So there's so much that goes into careers and hiring and corporate culture and personal development than just the right job. There's, there's a lot of ancillary things, and, and hopefully people will continue to like what we have to say and, and continue to grow.
1: Well, congratulations to you on all of your success. I have to say, every time I talk to you, I'm like, I, I gotta go, I gotta go work for this guy. <laughs> I've gotta go to this guy's company. It just sounds like well, an awesome right. environment. And tell me a little bit, um, just really briefly, like in the in the sense of a hack, a quick tip. How do you create such an environment? So if you're out there and you're a new manager, or you are running a department, and you're really focused on your team's career development and and success and happiness, what is what is like one tip, maybe two that you're like you do this and it'll change the the dynamics of, of everything?
0: Well, it, it's really, it's one and then 1A. and And one is you have to give direct feedback at the moment. And 1A is you actually have to be nice and care about the people when you do it. And it's not about the lawyer mentality or the the doctor with no bedside manner and and all these stereotypes that we hear of that. When you're a manager and you're dealing with somebody, if you're willing to work side-by-side side with them to make them better, you give them direct feedback when they're doing something wrong, and then you actually show them that you care about them. And it's not just, you did this wrong, go fix it, but it's the development aspect of where, if they correct this part of their Behavior or abilities or skills That they can go three, four, five, ten Steps forward and the teaching Mentality of that and I think that's really Aside from the fun and the culture and the parties And the other things that we do and having good people I think it's the accountability And the direct feedback we give more than anything else That makes people appreciate the environment
1: So people don't care how much You know until they know how much you care That's, that's you know what,
0: I always say you know what do Clichés are clichés for a reason Right they're, they're true they the majority true. of them are true.
1: Yep, and I say that one is a hundred percent spot on. Hey, if you're just tuning in, you are tuning into the. 50th episode of Career Talk. And lucky you, because we were talking about all great tips for you today. And hey, if you've got a great tip on getting a job or interviewing, we would love to hear from you. We're taking your calls now at one eight four four Wharton. That's 844 942 And joining me on this today is Tom Gimble, the founder and CEO of LaSalle Network. But we're going to go to Steve in Florida. Steve, welcome to Career Talk. How can we help you? Hey,
2: good afternoon. Love the show. Hey, thanks, I uh, listen every week, so I'm excited you guys are at 50 and uh, many, many more. Thank you. Um, I was wondering, I'm actually, uh, I've actually called in the past, and I was trying to make a career change, and I'm still working on it. Um, but I've applied to a couple positions, and one of them in particular that I'm really, really excited to have an opportunity to interview with has the no calls, please, uh, on the job listing. And I feel hand, handicapped. Uh, handicapped. Uh, in terms of trying to reach out for follow-up or anything like that. And I'm kind of petrified to even make a phone call because I'm afraid if I do, they're like, well, he didn't follow directions and toss that resume and... One of those kind of things. So I'm kind of curious to you know how I should go about negotiating that.
1: Yeah, it's such a good question because I'll tell you if I put that on an ad and you call, it, you're out. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding, Steve. <laughs> <laughs> I'm totally kidding. This is this is an interesting one, and I know a lot of people have this question because they're thinking, well, if it says resumes without salary won't be re- or won't be reviewed or things like that, and you're thinking, oh my god, should I follow the rules or do I do I step out? And that's a tough one because in in most cases, you want to do what the employer is asking you for. But in other cases, here's the challenge. If your resume never gets seen, then then you're still in the same boat. Tom, as somebody who's a CEO of a company, what is your recommendation for Steve?
0: You know, it, it really depends. You're 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 Dealing with human beings, and so you never know how an individual is going to respond. What I will tell you is, I'll give you an analogy. If there was a place for you to post that you wanted to hire a painter for your house or a cleaning woman or a cleaning person for your house to come over and help, and you put an ad up and you said, only give only send in a, a, a background on yourself or, or your service, and people started showing up at your house, right, uninvited, putting calls out on your cell phone, you'd feel a little bit bombarded, unless you were really, really good, right? And if you knew exactly how you came across. So what you need to ask yourself is, A, do you have good self-perspective? Is your resume that clean? Are you that good that if you're gonna go out on a limb, you can back it up? Not you think, but you know. The second thing is we've got this great tool called technology and in specific LinkedIn. And you can see how many degrees away you are from people at that company. So what I would recommend first and foremost is to find somebody who works at that company who you already know who can be your advocate. And if they can get your resume in front of that manager, that's really the best way to go.
1: And I'm going to second that, Steve, because I would say that We all know networking is – the research has shown it's the way to get the job. But there are times when you are going to apply online and you're going to send your resume and it's going to go into this abyss and you're going to have no idea whether or not they've even seen it. And I think that's the challenge with applying online because your resume can get kicked out by the applicant tracking system. So you're sitting there thinking, I'm great for this job, and they've never even seen your resume. Uh, So you really don't know, which is why I think – even though it says no phone calls, please, I think you have to find a way to follow up. And I would exactly recommend what Tom was talking about, which is use your network. Find somebody in that company who you know. And it doesn't matter if they work in the mailroom or in IT and you're applying to a completely different department. Yep. They can easily shepherd your resume to the recruiter, the hiring manager, and just say, hey, you know, my my buddy's applying. Um you know, just thought and wanted to make sure you see this because the other thing that people don't realize too is that a lot of companies have an employee referral bonus and they have that for a reason because the best employees tend to be the ones that are referred in. So even though people tend to feel like, oh, I'm bothering my friend by asking, you actually might be getting that person $1,500 and who wouldn't want to get their friend $1,500? <laughs> right? Right. So Tom, and, and do you have an employee referral bonus program in, in your um, company?
0: I mean, we don't from the standpoint of we're a recruiting firm. So the only thing I would disagree with you on, Dawn, is the best way to find a job is through a recruiting firm. However,
1: <laughs> <the> <laughs> no, no, no personal is, ties to that. But. <laughs> the,
0: <laughs> the referral source, you're, you're absolutely true, is, is that companies do believe the theory of good people associate with good people and, and to work that network in the referral base. The other thing is they don't want the recruiters bombarded with phone calls. And, and you're walking the fine line between the actual hiring manager for the group that you would be reporting into and and then the um the recruiter of the human resources department right so you've got to you've got to be delicate and walk a a fine line but i will tell you this send your you can send your resume into the abyss right and if you don't get a response in five days or seven days then all bets are off because you wouldn't be getting the call anyways so you might as well go a hundred miles an hour on the end around because you're not going to get it Mm anyway. You have nothing to lose at that point. So follow the rules. And then if they say, you know, you're not supposed to do this, go, well, I never heard from you guys.
1: There you go. There you go. Steve, was that helpful?
2: Yeah, it was. Um, Actually, you told me about the networking the last time I called about a month or so ago. So I really blasted as many people as I could on my LinkedIn network to see if I could find anyone. It's a small think tank in Washington. Um, So they're not using like a huge HR department. It's kind of like a 10-man squad. So... I saw that, and I kind of played the game a little bit like uh, Thompson, where I was I called in just briefly and said, hey, kind of wondering whether or not you're still collecting applications. Are you beginning to get callbacks to see if whether or not my opportunity is still available or, or if I've already lost out? And so, yeah, I'd go 100 miles an hour. Um, and at the time, this was about a week ago, they had said, oh, well, we're still collecting applications. So, okay. Uh, it's kind of like a tough time, too, because it's an election year, and Washington kind of just pauses Uh, to wait and see what happens so it was kind of stuck between a rock and a hard place and it's one of those things where I'm very confident I'm perfect for the position Um, and I can definitely back it up but it's it's one of those things that my resume doesn't show it because we've discussed this with my career change uh, path is very different from what my resume says given my skill set and I need to just sit down with them and get them that it's like one of those things where how can just give me 30 minutes. That's yep. all yep. I need. Well, so the, other, the other
0: avenue to look at, Steve, is not just people who work there. So if they're small, is to work, think about who their clients are and who yep. their vendors are. So if you know somebody okay. who's at the law firm that they work with, at the accounting firm that they work with, at, heck, mm-hmm. it could be the office supply guy for all, it, it matters, right? But somebody who's got some sort of relationship with somebody there, that can be just as good as an employee or a former okay. employee for them.
1: Exactly. And and don't discount second level contacts. That's one of the things that I think you never know who is married to somebody in there or you never know who is the neighbor of somebody in there. So sometimes you have to dig a little bit deeper on LinkedIn to find those people. But I do think they're there. And Steve, I just have a quick question. I'm sorry, I can let this go. When you sure say I, I blasted my network, what does that mean?
2: It, yeah, I thought. That I, that was- <laughs> I mean, I literally, yeah, no, I it just sound a little bad. I like to. Say, I was uh, like, oh I used well. To be a teacher too. Yeah, no, I used to be a teacher, so you got to use like big words sometimes just to get the kids to pay attention. Um, basically, I hit up as many friends as I could who live in Washington. The fun thing about Washington is you just run into everybody when you live in DC. I learned that when I used to live up there, but after ten years, you know, my network kind of dissipated. It kind of moves with administrations and things. Um, so what I did is I contacted as many people as I could. I actually found a friend who's a research assistant with. A professor that they've published unfortunately they published because they found the article and all they have to do is just accredit that professor and he doesn't really know anyone over there so I've been kind of hitting him up to see if maybe he's got a way to reach out uh, to them and I have found the individuals on LinkedIn um, but again I'm like hesitant to just reach out and say hey I'm just asking you know I don't want to come off desperate and say please just give me 30 minutes I'll pay for the flight I'll pay for my hotel I just want to sit down and talk to you guys for 30 so that you can see I'm qualified and I can do this job, and I really want to put well, you, my everything into it. You, know?
0: you have to have some empathy also, though, Steve. you got to remember, if, every, if they met with everybody like you who said, right. I'm really qualified even though my resume doesn't say it, and I only need 30 minutes, and I'll do it at my expense, they'd still be meeting with everybody right, right. So you're not differentiating yourself when i sit down with somebody and i say why should we hire you and they go i'm hard working i'm independent i'm a team player and i always respond and go that's terrific because the last 20 people i interviewed said they were lazy <laughs> and said, oh, was terrible. Right? nobody give me something that everybody else doesn't say do something that everybody else doesn't do you've got to figure out about what they're working on or why it's inter- why why you can add value to them Right? They think they're the catch-me-out everybody. You've got to figure right. out what you're going to do to make their lives better.
2: When, and I tried that as best as I could in the cover letter, but yeah, those things are the worst. I absolutely hate writing cover they letters. They are
1: the worst, uh, and I yeah. would say that if they're not <laughs> – chances are they're not going to be read. You have to do them. I'm gonna. I, and, and, Tom, you may disagree with me, but I'll tell you, one of the reasons I love having you on the show, Tom, is because you disagree with me. I love that. I love <laughs> – because career management is and job search is not an exact science. There are there – are, it depends. So I love that. But, yeah, so – Here's the thing. You have to write a cover letter. It has to be specific. You can't assume they're ever going to read it, which is a problem. But one other thing you said, Steve, I just want to point out um, before we wrap up this topic, which is you said that I know I'm perfect for the job, but it's not on my resume. So what that says to me is there's a gap between what's on your resume and what you know you can do. And I would, one of the things I would suggest is if you haven't done this already, maybe work with a career coach or a resume writer. We have Ross McPherson on here all the time and he's great. And um, he's just one suggestion, but make sure if you know you're perfect for the job, make sure that your resume reflects that obviously, honestly, and genuinely, but, but there's a disconnect there that I'm hearing. And I would say, that, that could be something else you might want to do. But, Steve, thank you for giving us a call. And thank you for giving us a call back. I do remember you now. And I, I think you're doing all the right things. Um, sometimes you do have to be a little bit bold and not follow the rules. And those are the people who get in the door. But as Tom pointed out, do so not in a creepy way. And I, I have no doubts you completely get that. Steve, thank you so much. And, hey, if you disagree with me or Tom or Tom, or Tom, um, <laughs> you can give <laughs> us a call at one eight four four Wharton. That's eight four four nine four two seven eight six six. Because I'm going to go back to that point. Because, okay, yeah, I know you were saying that kind of tongue in cheek about recruiting firms, but I would say that even if you don't have a referral program, I mean, I would imagine that relationships are core to your business, Tom.
0: Oh, we get a ton of referrals all the time. And, and the, the issue is, is because we're in the recruit. we have we done them before? Sure. We've done little programs when we have huge hiring blitzes to do it, but we we're in the recruiting business anyway. So it just gets sometimes complicated. Whereas were you recruiting this person for your job or are you recruiting this person as a side thing for us? So that's, that's more. But every corporation I've worked with, with hundreds of companies and helping them set up really productive um, internal referral programs because there's really interesting. I've seen companies say, oh, we'll put a $10,000 referral. I'm like, they're going to spend more time referring people than doing their job. Mhm right? You can't make it too high. You can't make it too low. How long of a guarantee do you put on it, right? Because I've had companies say, oh, we'll pay it the day the person starts. And then it's high turnover. And all of a sudden they've written a check for two, three, $4,000 and none of those people are there anymore. And then now the company resents the employee. So they're not as easy to, to, to um, put in place as you think. However, when done well and when monitored and when encouraged and communicated throughout the organization, they're hugely effective.
1: And LaSalle can help companies do that, right? Sure. There you go. So I'm going <laughs> to I'm gonna play off Steve um, and his call because he is a career switcher. So let's talk a little bit about hacks for career switchers. So we get a lot of callers on Career Talk that want to make a career change and do kind of a 180. I'm a teacher and I want to go into business or I'm coming out of the military and I'm looking for a corporate job. What kind of hacks kind of quick tips do you have for somebody who's making a career switch so that they can be successful?
0: I'd say first and foremost, you've got to figure out how to meet as many people that are in the career you want to get into as possible and to really understand why you want to do it, not because you think recruiting is cool or event planning is great or being a consultant is terrific, right? Actually know about it. So every single industry has an association. There is an association or a society for everything. So if you really want to have your heart set on something, you've got to invest a little bit. So, so spend some money, join the association, go to some of their learning conferences, do some of their webinars. Get them when usually when you join a con- uh, uh, an association, you get a membership directory. You can start building relationships and understanding and learning about things and meeting with people from the pure purpose of wanting to gain knowledge. I think that's the most important thing to do.
1: So what if you're trying to make a geography change? I know a lot of people are looking to make a geography change. Any, any tips for, for those individuals in going about the job search?
0: Yeah, I tell you, it's a much better time to do it now than it was 20 years ago. And the reason why is most people don't have their address on their, on their uh, resumes mm-hmm. anymore because of email. And so what it used to be was 20 years ago, companies would see an address that was out of state, and they'd kind of throw you in the garbage can because they didn't want to have to deal with relocation issues if it was a staff-level position or a, a non-hard-to-identify to role. In today's day and age, you can apply for any position out of state, and especially if you're willing to relocate on your own dollar. So you have a lot of advantages that didn't exist before. And I would, you can do the exact same thing from a geographical relocation. You can still join associations. You can still use LinkedIn to make connections. They may have offices in cities near you, even if headquarters isn't, isn't another place where you might relocate. So I would approach it in a lot of ways the exact same way as if it were in your city.
1: Mm-hmm. Yep. All of those are great tips. And I, one thing I would add is, you know, so Steve was talking about what if I pay to fly myself out there? And, and I do think you need to have some flexibility. But one of the things as a recruiter that I want to know is that you have some skin in the game in my city because yeah. I don't I mean, it's happened so many times where, you know, the the employee moves, moves their family. And, you know, three months in, oh, my family hates it here and we're going to leave. And so I do believe that, that recruiters or companies will look at this as a potential risk. What lowers that risk is saying, hey, my family is here. I grew up here. I went to school here. Or, you know, there's, there's something about that area that is, is attaching for you.
0: Absolutely. And, and, the, and the biggest red flag to, to potential employers in new cities is when you say that you're open to looking at a bunch of different cities, because now they're thinking, well, you're not even tied to this location. Mm-hmm. And so we're going to go down this interview process, and you're going to, at the end, at the 11th hour, say, you know what, I really want to be in Austin, or I really want to be in, in L.A. And it's like, you know what, the, the, most positions aren't that unique. We can find somebody else.
1: Yep. So pick one geography. I've had I've had people tell me I want to be either on New York in New York or San Fran. I'm like, okay, that's right. Exactly.
0: You couldn't pick aside from the fact that they're both both ridiculously expensive. You couldn't identify <laughs> two completely more opposite cultures. You don't know what you want.
1: There you go. I I want to work in a ridiculously expensive city. That's what I want. Right. <laughs> that's why I picked these two. So, um, so if you're just tuning in, you are catching. The 50th episode of Career Talk. I'm your host, Dr. Don Graham, and we are here on SiriusXM channel 111 all hour, taking your calls, taking your tips. Hey, if you disagree with us, we want to hear about that too. We're at one eight four four Wharton. That's 844 942 7866. We're taking our calls live, and we are here with one of our favorite guests, Tom Gimble, who's the founder and CEO of LaSalle Network. And, Tom, This is an interesting little tidbit. So um, we do pre-break quiz, and I think we did this when you were on last time. But here's a question for for the loyal listeners of Career Talk. When did we start doing the pre-break quiz? And I'll tell you the question. And this isn't the pre-break quiz, but I'm going to say, when did we start doing the pre-break quiz? So if you've been listening for the beginning, just tell me what month it is. And the question we had asked at that time was what feature of your LinkedIn profile will get you 11 times more views? And actually, the stat is now raised to 14 times more views. So if you think you remember what month we kicked that off in, we'd love to hear from you at 844-WHARTON. That's 844-942-7866. But now we are going to go to our actual pre-break quiz. Quiz? There's a quiz? Okay. In a study published in the journal HVAC and Research, the researchers measured productivity by monitoring employees' computer activity as well as how many keystroke errors they made. They found that offices with this environment, there was noticeably less output and more mistakes. So offices that had this environment had less output and more mistakes. The differences were actually stark. You think you know what that kind of environment was? Give us a call at one eight four four 844 wharton That's 844-942-7866. I'm Dr. Don Graham. You're listening to Career Talk, and we're here with Tom Gimble. We'll be right back.
0: You're listening to Career Talk on Business Radio, powered by the Wharton School.
3: Here again is Dr. Don Brandon.
1: Welcome back to Career Talk, your career insider. We're on business radio, SiriusXM, XM, Channel 111. I'm your host, Dr. Don Graham, and we are here with Tom Gimbel, the founder and CEO of LaSalle Network, a staffing, recruiting, and human resources consulting firm based in Chicago. And we're so excited that you're joining us today because it's our 50th show in celebration of you, the listener. We're doing open calls all hours. So if it's Thursday, give us a call now. 1 844 Wharton, 844 942 If you've always had a question you wanted to ask but couldn't get through, now is the time. Or maybe you have a tip for other listeners. We would love to hear that too. 844 Wharton, that's 844 942 7866. So Tom, before we go to the pre-break quiz, I'm going to have to put it out there um, to to Michelle and Dion. Do you guys know the first month we did the pre-break quiz? It's it's a month, so you've got a one out of twelve shot, and you know it wasn't the first month.
3: <laughs> I'm going
0: to say September.
1: Okay, I'm going to say October. All right. Michelle's right. October 12th. And the answer to that question, now here's the harder part, is doing this on your LinkedIn profile gets you 14 times more views. I know that one. All right. What? having a picture yes! <laughs> come on give yourself a bell Dion that's awesome <laughs> so we are talking all about career hacks today it's open calls we want to hear from you we're celebrating our 50th show and we've only made it this far because of you our listeners so if you have a question comment we'd love to hear at 844 Wharton that's 844 942 7866 and we are here with Tom Gimble all our CEO of LaSalle Network so Tom so we're gonna um, we're gonna go into our pre-break quiz answer in just a moment, but before we do, let's talk a little bit about networking hacks because I think networking is. Um, I know that's a word that people cringe at, and it's overused, and people don't really understand what it is. But I think you and I know that it's really how you get to the job you want. So what are those quick tips for people who hate networking that can make this a little bit more comfortable and effective?
0: I think first and foremost, what, what do you hate? Do you hate having to talk to people you don't know? And that's usually, you know, it's kind of like why people don't like sales. And so you've got you've to figure out, and at the very least, uh, repeat to yourself that the ends do justify the means. And if you're uncomfortable, it'll make you stronger. And you've got to look at it like exercise. And networking is, is a personal trainer for your career rather than for your physique. And so you've, you've got to get in the habit. You've got to develop a personal elevator pitch. My name is Tom Gimbel. I'm in the recruiting and staffing business, blah, 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 blah. And, and you've got to be able to say that. And people are like, oh, that's easy. It isn't. I can't tell you how many people we've led trainings on who can't say in a, in a – ad hoc situation who they are and what they do so you've got to get comfortable with that like we joked around in the beginning of the show and the last time i was on if you're a woman not having the huge person not being able to find your business cards right and then and then wanting to talk and then wanting to listen and the ability to balance those is really what separates great networkers from bad networkers because the moment you talk too much to somebody in an initial conversation is the moment they've tuned you out Right, you've lost that opportunity. So you got to be very careful. It's a, it is, it is an art.
1: I think one of um, one of the tips that I really love, and actually our, one of our guests called in with this tip, which is again why it's so valuable to to have listeners calling in. Is strive to be interested, not interesting. And I love that advice because it really does take the pressure off in a conversation thinking, oh, I have to tell them about this and they, I want to do this and I have to fill the space and da 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 But simply asking questions. One of my favorite uh, at, a, at an event because you don't know if somebody's in between jobs or what their situation is, is, you know, what do you love about the type of work that you do? Because that does a couple of things. One, if they're not working, it doesn't make it an awkward, like, well, I'm in between jobs. But two, it gives somebody an opportunity to go to where their energy is. And who doesn't love to talk about where their energy is? So I I love that as an opening question if you're you're not sure what to say. Do you have any favorites?
0: No, I think that's a great one. I think the other thing is, to, and it doesn't go along completely because it is focused on people who are employed. But what do you love about where you work, mm-hmm. right? Because it, it, when you're networking, you want to go to work for a place where the employees have pride in where they're at, and that's the biggest signal of a, of a good culture. And so when you're networking around and trying to find out what you want, there's two things you're looking for. One is the actual role, but the second one is the company. And the right role in the wrong company can be just as detrimental. As 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 a bad job in the right company, so you've really gotta you've gotta line those up, and I've seen people jump too soon. So when you get into networking, it is about asking. I love that quote from your your caller uh, on that standpoint of to really be interested in what other people. Uh, that person sounds like going to be a great salesperson. I hope they'll send me the resume. <laughs> <laughs>
1: actually, actually, I think I think uh, that caller is a recruiter. So
0: <laughs> yeah, right.
1: Maybe he will. Maybe he will. So, hey, let's go to answer the pre-break quiz because I love this one because this one so is like the bane of my existence and in, in my environment. So basically, the, the question is this. There's a study published in HVAC in research where, re, where productivity was monitored and productivity went down in this type of environment. And we're going to go to Diane in Illinois. Diane, what is your answer to the pre-break quiz? Why did productivity go down? Um, Music being played in the environment. You know, that is not the right answer. But Mm -hmm. as a matter of fact, some people find that that actually makes them more productive. Not me, Diane. I'm with you. If there's music on, I cannot concentrate at all. So kudos to those people who can put headphones on and focus. But I can't do that. But Diane, thank you so much for giving us a call, especially because it's our 50th show. We really appreciate it. And hey, if you have a tip to share or any question you've always wanted to ask, it's our 50th show. It's all about you. Give us a call at 844 Wharton. That's 844-942-7866. We're taking your calls now. So, okay, you know where I'm going next. Dion, I'm looking at you. It's always me. <laughs>
0: so I gave you an answer during during the break, and your face said I was wrong.
1: <laughs> I, think, I, I think I just said you're wrong.
2: Well, yeah, that, that probably happened too. So I, I, I've, I've got another one. All
1: right, all right, I like I'm it. I'm
2: going to go with temperature. Either too hot or too cold.
1: Oh my god, it's the 50th show and miracles do happen! (laughs) Yes! Dion, Dion, it's it's finally happened. It is true. She's speechless. What? She doesn't know what to say. I think we just have to wrap up the show right there. I mean, I feel like, oh my Dion's God. Dion's actually right. This, what? The, the world is shifting on axis <laughs> or something. But it is so true. And this is so true in my office. My office is always freezing. I'm always wearing a coat in winter. or Sorry, in summer because it's so cold. But, yeah, most offices – and the the study in particular said that in the low 70s was the the temperature that really produced this lack of productivity and that workers in an office that was 78 degrees Fahrenheit produced more than twice as many – output as those who were much colder. But I I did some research on kind of like why. And of course, you know, you're trying to get warm, you're trying to get warm, it's really hard to focus. But it goes back to the 1960s when offices were created to um, basically be focused on the the men in the the three-piece suit. And so the temperatures would be lower. And as the work culture shifted and the women got into the market and no one ever bothered to adjust this so most offices are creating a lower productivity without even knowing it so Tom what is the temperature in your office right now
0: (laughs) I keep my office my I usually work on the floor but I do have an office and my own personal one I keep freezing freezing but that's just me I, I, I run hot and I get hot on, on a on a 60 degree day i'm hot but the biggest problem we're in a high rise in our chicago office where mm-hmm. our headquarters is and the problem in high rises is um, whenever there's a change of a, a drastic change in temperature either way it's hard for the system to get going for the whole building so there is definitely and we've seen that in our other offices when there's problems with the thermostat that it, it's a big it's a big deterrent and it actually affects culture as well as productivity
1: mm-hmm yeah, when sir- you
0: see people, when you see staff, and you're right, it is. There's, a, it's usually women that are. It's just like uh, a married couple in bed, right? The the husband's hot and the the wife's the wife's cold. But we see you see women with with blankets on and coats, and you're like, wait a second, this isn't right. We got to get this fixed.
1: Yeah, I'm telling you, I'm wearing a fleece, and and my space where I am, there's there's not a thermostat in my individual space, so I just have to deal with what everybody around me wants, and yeah, for whatever reason, they want it cold. So. That's the way it is, but check your temperature because if you want to increase productivity, it may just be as simple as turning that dial. Hey, if you're just tuning in, you're hitting us on our 50th show of Career Talk. I'm so excited to be with you. The show is all about you, and we are taking your calls at 1 844 Warden. That's 844 942 7866. And we are here with Tom Gimble, who is the founder and CEO of LaSalle Network in Chicago. We are talking all about quick career hacks. So, we were just talking about networking, which is my favorite topic. But let's move on to interviewing. So, okay, so you get the interview. Um, What are some some quick tips, Tom, that people need to make sure they take care of before the
0: interview? They've got to do research on the people that they're meeting. I mean, the the biggest mistake, it's so easy. Um, You know, we probably should uh, give LinkedIn sponsorship, right? I mean, to jump on... LinkedIn and see who the people are that you're meeting to know where they worked at before and how long they've been there It's so basic and what their responsibilities are and you can also see if there's a company where Everybody's a vice president, so you know what level they're on or if there's only one vice president, and that's how high up They are it is so basic The most basic thing is to have insight about the people that you're going to be meeting. And in this day and age, if they end up saying, hey, we really like you, we want you to meet somebody else. Oh, terrific. Who will I be meeting with? And in that downtime, you can jump on on your phone and you can see right there on LinkedIn. So if you don't have the LinkedIn app on your phone, you're really missing a beat.
1: You know what I find really interesting when I was a recruiter? And maybe this is just me. So um, a lot of people do research on the company's external website, which is obviously what they have access to. Whereas now a lot of um, employees are focused on the internal website, so they rarely go out to the external one. So I often found people coming and talking about all this great stuff we had on our external website that I'm like, really? That sounds great. I haven't been out to that website. Is that just me? No.
0: No. It's okay. absolutely true. <laughs> I think very few people look at their own company's website on a regular basis, extremely. And then they hear something that marketing put out or the C-suite put out, and they didn't know was happening or a different office in a different division or what have you. I see that. I, it's actually a great point. Happens yep. all the time,
1: and and so I guess my advice to to people who are doing that yes, use their website, use Google, use use Glassdoor, use all of these these things. But I think one of the the worst questions you could say as well. I was checking out your website, and I noticed your three point marketing and employee development program. Can you speak to that because they're going to look at yeah. you and say? I don't know. That sounds great. I'm going to have to check that
0: out. Yeah, I think that the biggest, the biggest mistake you can make in addition to not doing research is to doing so much research that you're trying to act like you know more about their company than they do. Mm-hmm. Right. And you, you, you got to remember, someone's interviewing you to have you add value to their team. And it's great to do research, but to be a know-it-all, that doesn't add any value.
1: Not at all. And what I like, I like if you're if you're asking questions, obviously, if you can find it on Google, it's probably not a good question. But I mean, asking for their perspective or their, their, you know, where's it going next? Or, you know, things like that tend to be to be more insightful than just saying, you know, something that's a basic fact.
0: I think the best, the best series of questions are, are, is around what separates the best performer in your group from the worst performer.
1: In you. Ooh, nice
0: one. Right. It, you really want to get perspective on how they view success and failure. And it's very abstract to say, well, tell me how you'll view it of me or tell you how you'll view it of my role right that's great, but you 've never worked there, and they 've never interacted with you seven days a week fifty two weeks a year. but to ask them how they view the performers they 've already got and what the what the tangible differences are between best and worst, that starts to give you some insight into how they view people
1: yeah, and that's probably one that that they they don't have a canned answer for, which means you're going to get you're going to get some truth there we're going to go to Jim in Florida Jim, welcome to career talk what 's on your mind today
3: good hey i, I um I was a basketball coach for 39 years, and uh, a good friend of mine wrote a book. His name is Joe Sweeney. It's called Networking is a Non-Contact Sport. And when my student-athletes graduated, I would give them a copy of this book. And I think it's fabulous on preparation for the job market and the job world um, of just getting them prepared. Uh, and it's, it's a great, great book, and Joe has is, is done a, a fabulous job. Joe Sweeney job out of Wisconsin? The- yeah, yeah. Oh, Joe's a
0: great guy.
3: He's written a bunch Look of books.
1: Look at this. Look at this. Uh, Networking yeah. in action. Real-time you know,
0: Joe's, live. Joe's daughter, Joe's daughter is actually a recruiter in my organization. She works with oh me. Oh,
1: my God. And Small world. Yeah, right.
0: So, so Joe, Joe's, uh, Joe's a real thought leader. He's a sh- super smart guy. We've only communicated uh, over phone and email. We haven't had the chance to meet. Uh, our schedules haven't matched where he's traveling all over the place like I am, but uh, super super sharp guy. That book's a terrific read, and uh, couldn't agree with you more,
1: Jim. Thanks for calling. And what is your favorite tip in that book? Do you have one that really stands out for you?
3: Well, the favorite tip is you gotta you gotta uh, when you network you you gotta you gotta give them a hook, and you, you gotta connect with them whether it's a business card or whether it's an email. But you've got to get them to remember who you are. And a lot of it is just being positive and optimistic. And, and like you guys are saying, don't be afraid to ask questions. Sometimes the question is more important than the answer because that makes you get engaged with that individual and look them in the eye with a great handshake and, you know, make sure that you connect with a business card or with an email that really enjoy being with you, seeing you, and I like what your company has to offer.
1: So, Jim, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna capture. You just put out there a nugget that I wrote down, and I am probably gonna use on a future show. But sometimes the questions are more important than the answers. I love that. I love that. That is such a great tip. Jim, thank you so much for calling. Um, You and Tom are apparently second level contacts. So (laughs) you guys should get together and have a beer. But networking is a contact sport. We really appreciate the tip. Hey, go out and get that book. Sounds like there's a lot of great stuff in there. Jim, thank you for calling Career Talk. Hey, you are listening on our 50th show and you can reach us at 844 Wharton. That's 844 942 We are giving you all the best tips today during the hour and we're taking your calls live. We're going to Joanne in Washington. Joanne, welcome to Career Talk. How can we help you?
2: Yes, I had a question about whether I should accept the position I've been offered or not.
1: Okay, tell us about the position, Joanne.
2: <laughs> uh, well, I recently graduated from college and it's a role as a receptionist and uh, I wanted to work in HR, but the job search hasn't been going very well. And uh, I'm happy to be offered this position, but I'm not sure whether I should take it because um, I'm not sure if I'm positioning myself well at the start of my career.
1: So, how long have you been looking, Joanne? Three months. Three months. Um, and the company that that you've been offered a job in as a receptionist. What what type of company is it? Uh, it's in an accounting firm. Okay. Is it a, a large global accounting firm? Oh No, it's very, very small. Small. Okay. All right. Well, you called on the right day because you couldn't have a better expert than Tom to answer that question.
0: <laughs> well, I- I'm going to start with a quick anecdote. So when I graduated from college, I wanted to get into sales, didn't know what I wanted to do. Through a friend of a friend, I had an interview with the general manager of the new minor league hockey team in Chicago at the time, the Chicago Wolves. They were just starting. And they offered me a job. I thought I was interviewing for a sales job. They offered me a job as a sales assistant. And they said, we're, you don't have, you're, not, you're, you're a little green to go right into sales and selling advertising and these types of things. We're just going to let you be our sales assistant, and we'll groom you for a little while, and eventually we'll move you into sales. And I walked out as a 22-year-old kid with a bachelor's degree, and I said, I don't want to be a secretary in a sales department. And now 20, 20 years later, 25 years later, I look back, and I've had a nice career and had a ton of fun, and every once in a while I still think, gosh, I wonder if I could have risen up in the sports industry. And, and, and so you look at things, and you give your all to where you're at. You've got an opportunity. You've been looking for three months. You haven't found anything. Someone's offered you a job there is merit to that. One it's income, two it's office experience that maybe you didn't get while you were in college and there's real value to that. Um, And and the, the expression that it's easier to get a job when you have a job isn't isn't too far from the truth so there's a lot of value there and if you take this job i don't think it's a bad thing but i will tell you don't dress for the job you want not for the job you have dress professionally get in early stay late make a great impression take an outside class and human resources to make it better for you in that side of things and then you know uh, if it's not what you like after a few months, and you've got to start looking again. The, the flip side of it is if you really want human resources, you may have to, A, do an internship. You just graduated from college. That's not far-fetched. You may have to do an unpaid internship. You may have to take a job and say, I'm willing to work at a lesser salary to get my foot in the door. Those are the, 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 the differences you may have to go down parallel paths uh,
3: to look at, but you've
0: got to be realistic about it. And, you know, I don't know what what city you live in, if it's a major uh, demographic area where you can get a job at any time being a receptionist, if you can get a job through a staffing firm on a temporary basis, getting one, then maybe you're not missing out. If you're in a smaller town and it's hard to get jobs, period, then maybe you do need to jump and take that.
1: Yeah, I do think that's a really good point, Tom, is looking at the market that you're in. And you know, right now, I mean, what is your what is your uh, outlook on on new college hires, Tom?
0: Oh, I think it's, I think it's a really good time right now. Um, the the economy, you know, if we can turn off CNN and Fox and CNBC for a while and, and forget about the presidential election and say, what's going on with corporate America? We can say unemployment's under five, uh, colleges are graduating, but there's a lot of people to compete against, right? So what you lack in experience, you make up for in, in the, what lacks in experience of, of everybody not having it. You also have much more competition of inexperienced people. So mm-hmm. if you're in Chicago, New York, San Francisco, LA, there's huge amounts of people that just graduated from college. If you're in a smaller town and maybe you move back home and there isn't, then, then maybe you can really stand out. But but the key is you're not entitled to anything. You're not entitled to anything. The degree got you a foot in the door and hopefully you have an education. Now you go got to go in and you got to work.
1: Yep. Well said. So a couple of things to think about, Joanne. Um, so one is When you're looking at this job and trying to make this decision, and I know this is a really difficult decision for a couple of reasons. You've been looking and you want the job search to be over, but then there's a side of you that says, yeah, but I'm accepting something that wasn't what I was after. And that's a a tough place to be. So I totally hear you on that. Here's – a couple of things to think about Um, one what's the practicalities of your situation so I mean if you as Tom mentioned if you need a paycheck and pay the bills um, that's obviously a huge consideration the other thing is it is easier to get a job when you have a job and one of the things that we know about um, people graduating from college now is that you're not going to stay in any one place most likely I mean the fact is you're going to try and figure out what you want to do and you know so going in and you're like okay I'm a receptionist I think that's the other thing. If you're saying, I really wanted my title to be HR and not reception, um, your, your title is the work you do. So I, I don't think you need to worry about necessarily getting boxed into that position. But I think you can, if it's a smaller firm, there's probably flexibility to help the HR department or network with them or do small projects for them so that you start to build up those skills. So I think there's a lot of things that that you can take away from this, as Tom mentioned, and nothing's forever. You can always change your mind, and that's that's the beauty of, of being a human being. So, Joanne, congratulations on getting a job offer. I know you've got a lot to think about, but um, I have no doubt you will land exactly where you want to when the time is right, so congratulations on that, and thank you for giving us a call on Career Talk. It's Thursday. It's our 50th show, so if you're tuning in, you've got your, me, your host, Dr. Don Graham. We are here with Dion and Michelle, and Tom Gimbel, who is our guest, the founder and CEO of LaSalle Network, and we are talking all about great advice for your job search, quick advice. So um, I do like that point about it's easier to get a job when you have a job, and and that's kind of unfortunate though, isn't it, Tom? Because um, there's a lot of great people out there who are between jobs. So how do you overcome that?
0: Well, you you have to be willing, you have to have self-perspective, and you have to be humble, and you've got to be... um, Willing to get your foot in the door someplace, and it is different between somebody coming out of uh, out of college, and then there's different types, there's different levels of college. Were you in a, you know an Ivy League school? Were you in a state college? Were you in a secondary state college? Were you in a small private school? Right, and how you compare to that population, or are you? Are you in your late twenties and you were downsized, right? That's not usually what happens, but that can happen. Are you in your mid forties or mid fifties and now you're feeling that maybe there's some age discrimination? So when you're unemployed, there's there's real challenges. So I think the number one thing I always tell people is you gotta find some humility. You gotta be humble and you gotta be willing to maybe take a little bit less money to get your foot in the door and let your work product get you more money once you're in. And I can't say how many people say, oh, I'm so good. I'm right for this spot. Would you take less money? No, never. <laughs> well, how badly do you want the job? And if you're really that good, and how many months will you prove to be indispensable? And, you know, the expression that we use all the time is, if you're really good, we know we have to pay you or else somebody else will. Well said. And you can only you can only get that opportunity if you're working. And sometimes you just got to say, one in the hand is worth two in the bush. And whether it's a a temporary job or a 1099 or a part-time job, something that gets your, your head in the game, gets you out of the house, gets you working and gets you interacting with other professionals. It's really important.
1: And what a great note to end on, Tom. Thank you so much. The hour always flies by with you. Tell listeners how they can reach you, Tom.
0: You can get me at our website, LaSalleNetwork.com. You can follow us at LaSalle Network on Twitter, and my personal Twitter handle is uh, at Tom Gimble.
1: Tom, it's a pleasure as always. I love having you on Career Talk, and thank you for being part of our 50th show. What what's, I'm going to remember most about this, though, is Dion getting the pre-break quiz correct. So thank you to all of our listeners for making it a great year. Michelle and Dion, you guys are such a great team to work with. I can't say enough and hey i'm going to take from today's show that sometimes a question is more important than the answer we're going to take that from our caller jim so thank you for contributing to that you've been listening to career talk on sirius xm channel 111